Hello, this is Lisa, and welcome to Retro Space Time. Last week I spoke about comets, and how they were shown to orbit the Sun in a predictable way. Today, the story continues. I mentioned last week that the return of Halley's Comet in 1758 was first sighted by no less than a German farmer with a passion for astronomy. This might have been a triumph for the amateur, but it wasn't good news for everyone. Charles Messier, a French astronomer, had also been awaiting the return of the comet with bated breath. Being scooped for this discovery, or rediscovery, by a mere farmer was not good news. It's been speculated that this incident might be what spurred Messier's insatiable appetite for finding comets. In fact, he was so obsessed that he more or less invented a new sport, comet hunting. These days, Messier is more famous for the catalogue of objects that he put together to aid his search. These were other fuzzy or diffuse objects in the night sky that at first glance could look a bit like a comet. But they never changed, they always stayed in the same place, which meant that they couldn't possibly be comets. Although this is what brought Messier fame in the modern day, in his own time he also observed 44 comets. 13 of which he was the first to see. He had competition though, first of all from within his own observatory. His colleague Pierre Machin was also an avid comet hunter. Machin observed 11 comets over his career, and for eight of those he was the original discoverer. But these two French astronomers also had another source of competition from across the channel. Caroline Herschel, who is perhaps my favourite person in the history of astronomy. Over her career, she found eight comets, and she was able to claim priority for six of these discoveries. That means that she was the first astronomer to observe them. This puts her in third place in the rankings of comet hunters in the late 18th century, which is particularly impressive considering the barriers to women in science at the time, and the fact that she was 20 years younger than Messier. Caroline had a remarkable life. She was born in 1750 in Hanover to a large family. Despite her brothers being relatively well educated, she herself was kept in the dark by her mother, who preferred to keep her as a household servant and wouldn't even let her learn the art of embroidery so that she would leave home and make a living for herself. This went on until Caroline was 22, when her beloved brother William came to take her away to live with him in England. When she arrived at his home in the city of Bath, she was set to work. First of all, running the household. But William also taught her maths and singing. His main occupation at the time was as a conductor and composer. By the time Caroline was 28, she was a successful soprano singer, having sung the part of lead soloist in Handel's Messiah. But she would only sing when her brother was conducting, and she turned down the chance of a successful singing career because of her brother's increasing obsession with astronomy. In 1781, William, using a telescope of his own design, discovered something that he thought was a comet at first, but turned out to be the planet Uranus. William called it the Georgium Sidus, or the Georgian Star, after King George III. This rather blatant attempt to gain patronage was successful, and in 1782, when Caroline was 32, 
she and William moved to Datchet near Slough so that he could take up the post of the king's astronomer. This post was one that was more or less invented for William and is different from the astronomer royal who lived at Greenwich. William's role was basically to entertain the royal family with astronomy as well as pursuing his own research. It was here in Slough that Caroline's work as an astronomer began in earnest. William had given Caroline a small reflector telescope and set her to work sweeping the sky, which meant methodically searching for unusual objects like double stars, nebulae and comets. At first though, Caroline wasn't entirely convinced by the career change. She wrote later, it was not till the last two months of the same year that I felt the least encouragement for spending the starlight nights on a grass plot covered in dew or hoarfrost, without a human being near enough to be within call. Despite this initial wariness and a number of distractions, Caroline's enthusiasm for astronomical work grew, and in 1786 she discovered her first comet. Of the eight comets she discovered, two of them are particularly notable. The second comet that she discovered in 1788 still bears her name today. Its formal designation is 35P Herschel Rigelet. The name is shared with the Frenchman Roger Rigelet, who rediscovered the comet in 1939. The code P at the beginning of the name stands for periodic, which means that it's a comet that takes less than 200 years to orbit round the Sun. The number 35 before that P shows that it was the 35th periodic comet to be identified. Another notable comet that Caroline spotted was also later shown to be periodic. This was her sixth comet that she found in 1791. It turned out that this comet had also been seen previously, in 1786, and it was seen again in 1805 and 1818. The following year, a German called Johann Anker showed that this comet returns every 3.3 years. It was only the second periodic comet to be identified. Around the time Caroline was discovering her comets, she had a great friend in Neville Maskelyne, who was the Astronomer Royal at the time. He once said of her that, Wherever she sweeps in fine weather, nothing can escape her. As well as being a friend, Maskelyne was also a friendly critic. Comets are not always visible for a long time, and the more observations are made with accurate equipment, the better chance of calculating an orbit. Usually, after Caroline spotted a comet, she would send a letter to the Astronomer Royal so that he could measure it with his more accurate instruments at Greenwich. However, on one occasion, it took several days for word to get to him, and he gently chastised her for not paying a little extra for the fast post. Perhaps this is why, in 1797, when she spotted her last comet, she rode nearly 30 miles to Greenwich alone so that she could tell Maskelyne about her latest discovery in person. After her comet hunting days, Caroline continued to do astronomical work until the grand age of 75. In honour of this dedication, the Royal Astronomical Society awarded her a gold medal in 1828, and later she was one of the first women to be elected an honorary member. In later life, Caroline returned to Hanover, where she died aged 98. There, on her tombstone, 
Her pride and passion for her work are recorded for posterity in a self-composed inscription. The gaze of the deceased, while here below, was turned towards the starry heavens. Her own discovery of comets and her share in the immortal labours of her brother William Herschel will testify hereof to future generations. And that brings today's story to a close. Don't forget to check out more episodes at retrospacetime.wordpress.com and if you enjoyed this episode, then you can support the podcast at buymeacoffee.com forward slash retrospacetime. Thanks for listening. Till next time.